looks more like it, right? I'd certainly say so. Beat the teams you're quote-unquote supposed to beat. Well, the Jays did exactly that today here at the Rogers Center, clobbering the A's 7-3 to even the series, setting up the rubber match tomorrow afternoon. You know, I'm definitely, and I've said this before on Jays Talk, but I am definitely someone who perhaps sometimes gets caught up in, okay, this team is playing a good team. This will be a grind. It's a grind to play the Orioles, and it's a grind to play the Rangers. But after, they're playing a quote-unquote bad team, so they should take at least two of three, if not sweep. And I, and I think the truth, as we as we know, the truth is that while baseball is so chaotic that you can never really 100% expect a certain result, that is true, but it is nice to see them come out and basically score enough to make sure the high-leverage arms are taken out of the equation. I know Jordan Romano did pitch at the end of this game, but I feel like that's largely because of something something going on with Jimmy Garcia. It, it was nice that it wasn't just a nail-biting grind as it has been as of late. A, a relatively, perhaps, perhaps by the time Romano came in, less so, but for most of this game, a, a relatively pleasant watch and listen by the time things were done tonight. So I'm sure a, a pleasant win for many of you guys as well. Pleasant for me as well, let me, let me tell you. Again, a 7-3 win for the Jays over the Athletics here at Rogers Center. Uh, welcome to Jays Talk, of course. Show Ali flying solo today on the Sportsnet Radio Network. We're on sportsnet.ca as well. Taking your calls with the phone lines open, 416-870-0590. one 590 star 590 on your cellular device. Uh, 590-590 is the people's text line. Name and location, please. And the people's text line, like I always say, is always open. Uh, it was cricket day at the ballpark as well. Real quick, can I just say, we played the Chris Gale conversation with Arden in the local pregame, and he said he wanted to not bowl the pitch but throw it. Uh, we have seen some truly awful celebrity uh, throws, like the 50-cent one comes to mind for me. But let me tell you, Chris Gale lasered that pitch in there. So maybe maybe that was a harbinger of, of, of good things to happen for uh, the Blue Jays today. Um, let's get to Jose Barrios to start. Let's get to Barrios to, to start discussing things this afternoon. I, I didn't think he was great today. I think he was good. Right? You know the difference between good, if not great? Like he wasn't overly sharp the entire game, but he was good enough to help the Blue Jays win. And we saw the whole arsenal, the whole array for Barrios on display today. And, and again, early on, uh, he looked pretty good, I thought, in the very first inning. It looked like the slur was working pretty well. Ultimately, he did get hit hard on all of the slurve, change up and four seamer the four 414 foot blast from seth brown and that was a no doubter good heavens he hit that ball to dead center uh that came off the slurve which obviously we know is his best pitch the thing that uh you know warmed the cockles of my heart is mostly that he did not crumble and he just came right back he did not look at any point that he was disheartened by any of the, the hard contact that he was giving up. It's funny, after he gave it the home run, uh, and after the Jays went up, I think there was a point they go up 5-2 in this game, he threw the sinker a ton. 
Like, he did find some more break on the slurve as well, but he threw that sinker a whole bunch today. We know he works the sinker in a lot, right? But it's just we also know that he lives with the, the slurve and changeup so far this year. So to see him get some success after giving up the home run, uh, it was uh, it, uh, with the sinker was definitely was definitely encouraging. He he kind of settled in and, and and to be to be fair to Barrios, even though I'm saying it felt like he labored in the game's first three innings, he still only actually gave up two earned runs in those three innings. His final line was six innings pitched, six hits, three runs, two of which were earned, eight strikeouts, two walks, and the homer, which was in the earned runs. There was a solo home run uh, from Seth Brown, and I mean I'm not gonna quibble too much with the umpires today but he probably also got squeezed on his fair share of pitches pitches as well especially in the fifth when Noda took a walk I would say maybe two balls of that full count were probably strikes there are borderline pitches that graze the zone and no one is going to be perfect until our robot overlords uh, come down to set things right you guys know I love my robot strike zones but uh, I will give him somewhat of a pass given how well he ultimately played and yes top six he gets into some trouble but an offline throw from Boat of Vladdy takes Vladdy off the bag an unearned run gets tagged on there I I was kind of thinking I bet you guys are thinking this too at the beginning of the sixth, as Barrios was taking the mound, before all that happened in the sixth inning, I was kind of thinking he'd be able to go back out there for the seventh, but a, uh, a relatively uh, laborious inning definitely uh, put an end to that. Uh, let's go to the text line. I see one here from Brian in Toronto. It says, Jansen, yes, he's got injury issues, but there's nothing in the system. He's a free agent after next season jay should lock him up starting in 2024 so i i think this i think brian's suggestion is a six-year deal and i'm not going to try doing math on the air here because i am i did not go to school for math but uh, i'm thinking that this looks like it would be in the range of like a 70 something million dollar deal over six years for uh, for for danny jansen ultimately i i don't hate that Ultimately, because, like Brian mentions, there's there are no big big time catching prospects in the system. But I do think that the Blue Jay the Blue Jays are almost undoubtedly going to offer him some kind of deal. Otherwise, like I, I don't know if they really want to go into next season with basically only Alejandro Kirk, and I don't think Tyler Heineman's going to be your your second catcher behind Kirk. And I'm not even sure Kirk's going to be an everyday catcher. So I I do kind of wonder if Jansen is does get some kind of deal. But hey, today. He looked very good. He looked great, right? It almost feels like, especially since he has come off the IL, and every time he gets injured, even if we just go back to last year, every time he comes off the injured list, he gets some kind of home run. Like, it's either a strikeout, a flyout, or a home run for Danny Jansen. He, like, he put a charge into a Hogan-Harris cutter. It was the first pitch of the, the, pitch of the plate appearance to Jano. A two-run bomb is 10th of the season. And to underscore how well Jansen has played as a Toronto Blue Jay, uh, Sportsnet Stats tweeted this out, and they do it. They just do a phenomenal job getting the the really esoteric stats out there. But catchers with double-digit home run seasons in franchise history, perhaps unsurprisingly, the person atop the board there is uh, Ernie Witt with eight, and now Danny Jansen with four, and Russell Martin. With four as well, so perhaps again, not surprising to see Ernie Witt and Russell Martin in that conversation of most double-digit home runs in Blue Jays history. But that Danny Jansen has now, like, almost quietly tied Russ Martin, who I, I feel like 
probably also because he's Canadian, but I, I do think because he is like a one of the more heralded catchers that we have seen in the past like 10 to 15 years with the Blue Jays. Also because he played very, very well for a team that made the playoffs and were really exciting for a long period of time. But that Danny Jansen is in the same conversation as Russell Martin, I think, speaks volumes to, as to how as to how uh, important he is because he has been uh, absolutely phenomenal. Hey, still some time to give me a call, 416-870-0590, star 590 on your cellular device. Uh, and, uh, of course, 590-590 is the text line name and location, please. Alden in Scarborough texts in. <laughs> Alden says, show... I need the people who wanted to trade Vladdy and say what they said. I get it. It's against the Oakland A's, but I think this is what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. needed. You know, I, I, I couldn't agree more, Alvin. I honestly couldn't agree more. Like, you, you talk about Vladdy. I, I remember we got a lot of calls and texts about this over the last couple of, uh, probably like the entire season, if we're being honest, but certainly over the all of the discussions we were having about hard-hit balls and you know barrel rate and all the various statistics, even though the actual results via the home run and launch angle and so on, all, even though they weren't necessarily coming in the way everyone wanted, it was just nice today to see him get doused by the water cooler. I know a lot of people have an issue with him. Like the antics take away from Vladimir. Like it takes away from the from the team, and Vlad, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. shouldn't be doing that as much. But you know what? It's nice for him to be getting interviewed by Arden or Hazel down there in the field, and for him to be getting the the water bath. He didn't he didn't look like he enjoyed it uh, particularly much, I would say. But hey, what a what a fantastic few days for him. And and like Alden said, I know people will say, well, it's the Oakland Athletics, and yeah, I guess that's at least a small factor. But at the very least, even if you just take away the home runs. And I'm not going to because those were awesome. But even if you just take them away, the approach from Vladdy in the last few games has been terrific. Like yesterday, Blair and Barker were talking about it. He stays away from the down-and-away pitches from James Caprillion. Clobbers a a three-run bomb. Today, he is down one and two in the count. He takes two straight balls to work to a full count, and then he hammers a two-run home run to dead center, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but he almost murders the cameraman out there in center field in the process. Like, again, the home runs are great, right? Like, the home runs are 1 million percent great. But for me, the most promising thing is the approach. Obviously, we would have to see if he is a quote-unquote back over a much larger sample size. So I, at least for me, much in the same way I, want to, I wanted to wait until I was ready to declare George Springer back, and he is still to a certain degree scuffling, but after he was sick and so on, after that kind of rut to start the year. But for me, I will at the very least put a pin in what we got from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for, let's say, until the All-Star break. I want to see if it carries over. because And, and look, if your criticism is that the athletics are bad and then we should not judge Vladdy too positively until they play a better team. Then, okay, sure. But we'll ha- I guess we'll have to at least put that pin in there until Tuesday when the Giants come to town because they, they have been I don't know, as hot as any team in Major League Baseball these last few weeks. And then they won again today against the Diamondbacks, actually, now that I, now that I think about it. Um, I did mention uh, over the in the local pregame that we sometimes get to go down to the manager chat downstairs in his office, in Schneider's office, before the game. Because what he, what he essentially does is he has like a, a chat for the writers. That's not It's not like recorded or televised or anything. It's just for people to catch up with him before the game, get his thoughts on things. 
and uh, mercifully they they let the radio guys uh, skulk in there after after all the, after all the writers have gone. I I, I just I just crunch down and and kind of trying to get behind Shy, not to make my profile too big, so I can sneak in behind uh, Shy Davidian and Arden as well. Uh, but but in that in that chat, Ben Shulman went down there and Ben asked Schneider about what like what do you say to Vladdy? After yesterday's game, when he hit the three-run shot, his first at Rogers Center uh, in 2023, and he, and he basically said, I walked by him, and I told him to not change a thing. Don't do anything differently. And I'll say this, the advice seemed to have worked out pretty well today. Uh, I, I guess we can't entirely credit him for the first RBI he had knocked in, i.e. getting hit by a pitch with the bases loaded, but eh, he didn't complain too much. I'll give him. I'll give him credit at the very least for immediately turning around as he walked up the first base line and putting his hands out to the dugout because the crowd reacted as if he got hit on purpose. And maybe some people would have thought that didn't look like it. The ball just went off his shin guard, but it was uh, was pretty funny to see him throw his hands up there. By the way, in the eighth inning, he hits a ball to Tony Kemp at 101 miles an hour, and I honestly thought. The way Kemp violently reacted on that play, that it was a, a, truly a horrifying injury. Uh, so thankfully, no one was hurt, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. gets aboard another time. And uh, just to wrap up on the Vladdy thing, I'll say this. Blair clamored yesterday for having Victor Martinez around the guys more. When we got to the ballpark today, Chris Gale was uh, holding court with the media down there, the cricket superstar. But uh, Martinez was around. He was hovering around Vladdy during Jay's batting practice. We also got to see Victor Martinez Jr., hammering some balls into the seats in right field during batting practice. So that was also pretty cool. I think he's like 18 years old. I don't know if he's signed with the team or anything. Maybe uh, maybe Ross Atkins can get on that. I don't. I actually don't have no idea how that works. But may, maybe he is already. Maybe he's not. It was still cool to see him just smoke some balls into the, uh, the visiting bullpen. But either way, Victor Martinez, a five-time All-Star, a two-time Silver Slugger, a guy who has over 1,100 career RBI. Uh, maybe he's he knows what he's doing at the plate. So it's good to see him uh, involved with uh, with the Blue Jays and helping Vladimir Guerrero Jr. out because hey, if he just changes a handful a, a handful of things, a scant few things, I'm thinking uh, the Blue Jays because the, they go as he goes. So the Blue Jays, if they can get even a little bit out of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., a little bit more, I should say, out of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I think it will uh, go very well for them. Uh, let's hear a little bit. From John Schneider, he is also wrapping up his media availability to, uh, this afternoon downstairs at field level. I was very curious as to what happened with Jimmy Garcia because Jimmy Garcia comes in. You didn't really want to have to use Jordan Romano, and ultimately they did. Clearly, there, it was some. It wasn't just performance related because it had something to do with some kind of injury. And Adam Simber already on the 15-day IL. I don't know that this this team can suffer too many more injuries to those middle guys because otherwise you just have your long, low-leverage guys or your super high-leverage guys. And I don't know that we that any of us want to see like Nate Pearson, for example. And we'll talk about Nate and Romano in a sec. But I don't know that any, any of us want to see Nate Pearson in low-leverage situations necessarily unless it's a get-right outing like it was today. But let's hear from the skipper. Here's Schneider discussing what happened with Jimmy Garcia and the overall performance from the bullpen jimmy kind of it's right knee discomfort kind of been you know nagging at him a little bit covering first and backing up home um <clears throat> other than that you know i thought timmy was great um you know we wanted to stay away from jordy there um but he was kind of getting ready anyway uh, after the couple hits but i thought Mesa was awesome in that spot i thought nate threw the ball well um 
and Hosey was good. So um, just a pretty solid day. A solid day indeed. And again, only three runs given up, all of them coming from Jose Barrios. And like I mentioned off the top, I don't, I don't know. Barrios probably did get uh, – it wasn't the sharpest outing, but I think he still did get squeezed. So I'm not, I'm not going to quibble too, too much with Barrios. But you heard it, a right knee discomfort for Jimmy Garcia. So we'll have to see if any corresponding moves get made. Zach Pop did throw some, uh, some minor league outings. I believe it was – it was either yesterday or today, so we'll hear, probably hear more about Zach Pop. L- not likely tomorrow because usually the manager does not speak on Sundays and then Monday's a day off. So come Tuesday, we might see some corresponding moves for Zach Pop if this right knee discomfort for Jimmy Garcia is anything to be seriously concerned about. I, I, I certainly hope it's not because actually quietly, Jimmy Garcia, though, and I know he was in the middle of some losses in the like in the last, let's say, week or so, but... Ultimately, I think Jimmy Garcia had maybe maybe is on the outside looking in of the outer circle of trust, whereas other guys are just nowhere near the circle of trust, as Jimmy Garcia himself was for much of the year. But he had, he had I think, been looking like he was getting closer to rounding back into form. But if he does need to spend some time on the IL, it would be good that the Blue Jays could get some uh, reinforcements let's call it, from uh, certainly from Zach Pop. On, uh, on Nate Pearson, real quick, Tim Meza and, uh, and, and Jordan Romano, I want to get to the bullpen before we take a quick break here. And still some time to uh, give me a phone call, 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell. 590-590 is the people's text line. It's always open. Uh, on Tim Meza, again, on that chat we had with Schneider pregame, uh, Schneider said that, as the bullpen's only lefty, Meza is one of the most valuable guys they have. And that he and I remember he said that he feels that non-closer lefty relievers sometimes get overlooked, which is totally valid. I think that's actually kind of true because I feel like if you're a closer and you're a lefty, we talk about you all the damn time. But if it is uh, any, but you know, if it's if it's like a middle inning lefty reliever, maybe we don't always hear about those guys. But he has been. As good as anyone else in the middle of the circle of trust. It's terrific to see. And, and you knew with a pocket of lefties coming up and Burrios getting into some trouble in the sixth inning, you knew that Meza was the most trusted guy given that they didn't want to necessarily go to Eric Swanson. They didn't want to deploy Jordan Romano so early in case things changed a little later on. And, of course, that's good because they did end up using Jordan Romano. But Tim Meza, I mean, Enough said about Meza. He has been absolutely terrific. And on Pearson, right? Like, that guy needed... Because a couple of you guys had texted about him in the last couple of days. Because we hadn't seen him since Monday. He really needed a bounce-back outing. Like, he had been so excellent over most of the season. And then he gets hammered twice in a short period of time against the Rangers and then Marlins. And I, I think for someone who is still so young... As he is, despite how proficient he has been this season, it probably is a good idea for him to get some, you know, quote-unquote, get-right outings. And I was looking mostly at that fastball of his because, again, against both the Rangers and Marlins, it was a little fat, right? Like, it was not not a ton of movement on it. Uh, so it was nice that today I was kind of wondering if maybe we you just would have seen Pearson again for the ninth, which, again, I wouldn't have quibbled with too, too much because you know you are capable of getting length out of Pearson. But after the last couple of outings for, for, uh, for Pearson against Texas and, and Miami, it's probably good that they just let him wrap up a, a, a nice, good, efficient outing without asking him to get to do more for you. He only throws 12 pitches. He gets two pop-outs 
and a ground out, and it's done. Like, that's what you want for someone like Nate Pearson, who I think can still be a part of the circle of trust and is probably the very least closer to the circle of trust than a lot of other guys are given his youth and given what we've seen from him for most of the season because he has been very, very, very good. And, and the other thing, too, is there's a day off on Monday, and then after that, only one more day off until the All-Star break, right? So you got the day off on Monday, and I think Monday, July 3rd, after the Red Sox are in town, is the next day off. And uh, and then the, and then this the All Star break on I think it's on Monday July, Monday July tenth I believe is the first day of the All Star break so the Sunday, pardon me against the uh, Tigers is the last game before the All Star break so given that there are only two more days off for the rest of the first half of the season you got to think that there are obviously they're going to be managing the bullpen arms as judiciously as humanly possible and Pearson you got to think too is going to factor into that in a massive way because now at the very least you think after not pitching since Monday 12 pitches today which is a Saturday he is absolutely available if they need him maybe even for two innings tomorrow I would think just one because he pitched today but if they absolutely needed to push him maybe at least maybe four outs if, if that's what that's what's needed from Pearson because you know he can work his way up as he did today to that high velo I think the first couple pitches were like 95 96 miles an hour in that range and then he started pumping in the 98 mile an hour fastballs which is his kind of trademark so good to see Pearson with a bounce back Uh, let's take a quick break and if you're on the line stay on the line we'll get you after the break we'll go back to the phone lines check in on the bet 365 standings update and we'll hear a little bit more from John Schneider who I can tell is done because he is out on the field right now. So I, I think that does me. he has uh, done his media availability. So we'll hear a little bit more from Schneider and the rest of the guys after a 7-3 win. Chat about Jordan Romano as well, who I thought was excellent. Just five pitches from Jordan Romano as well. It's a fun text on the text line about Jordan Romano. We'll get to it all on the other side of the break. You're listening to Talk Show Ali with you on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Hopefully they can stay kind of right there. I thought, again, he was laying off some pitches, you know, down and away. Um, got a hanging breaking ball there, and, and he can hit it as hard and as far as anyone in, in the league. So um, if he can stay right there, I think I said at the Keegs before the game, just don't budge from what you did last night, and uh, and he didn't. So, you know, th- I think those are the at-bats we've kind of been, uh, they've been eluding us a little bit, and it allows you to kind of go, okay, let's, Let's line the bullpen up a little bit differently, but um, hopefully he can stay right there. That is John Schneider discussing the outing from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. As we discussed in the first half of the show, Vladdy was told to not budge. Don't change a thing, Vladdy. And uh, today, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. rewarded John Schneider and uh, his Blue Jays teammates as well with another home run, a two-run jack straight away to dead center. Blue Jays win 7-3 in the end over the Oakland Athletics to even the series at one game apiece. Tomorrow the rubber match goes. Yusei Kikuchi will try and wrap up a series win before a day off on Monday. First pitch will go at 1.37 p.m. Eastern, 10.37 a.m. Pacific on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Ben Shulman, Ben Nicholson-Smith will wrap things up for you. BNS will stick around for Jay's talk with me tomorrow afternoon. Uh, before we go back to the phones and back to the text line, let's get over to the Bet365 Major League Standings Watch. With Bet365, you can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played 
19 plus play responsibly Ontario only so actually all of the AL East games are done for the day they are all done the only game that really has any impact on the uh, AL wildcard race actually I guess there are two because the Angels play later tonight in Colorado. That game goes in about two hours, but the Astros are taking on the Dodgers right now. Astros down 3 nothing in the first inning to the Dodgers. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that, but all the other AL East games are done. The Boston Red Sox lose to the Chicago White Sox 5-4. to The Rays get pummeled by the Royals 9-4. to Pretty surprising. So very impressive work by Kansas City. Uh, the Orioles do take extra innings. They beat the Mariners 6-4, to and the Yankees just need one run. A Billy McKinney solo home run to beat the Rangers. They win one nothing. Rangers get blanked. Although tomorrow there is a fun pitching matchup on deck for that, that series finale. Nathan Yavaldi versus Garrett Cole. Perhaps a uh, battle of the AL Cy Young candidates, one might think. That's going to be a lot of fun. But with all the results in our minds, here's how the ALE standings look right now. Tampa Bay is 53-27 and 27 following the loss. Uh, the Orioles following the win, 46-29 and 29 following their win. The Yankees are 42-35. and 35. They're a half game up on the Blue Jays, who are 42-36. and 36. Boston, with their loss, 40-38. and 38. And as we look at the uh, AL wildcard race, the Blue Jays, and the Astros are, are virtually tied, but the Astros, I think, do win out because they have a very slightly better winning percentage. They have a 539 winning percentage to the Blue Jays, 538 winning percentage. So if you are a cheering for other teams kind of person, you are cheering for the Los Angeles Dodgers to maintain their 3 nothing lead or increase it because if they do, the Blue Jays will be a wildcard team by the end of the day. That's our quick check of the standings watch brought to you by bet 365 all right let's go to the phones 416-870-0590 triple star 590 on your cellular device clifton joining us in etobicoke clifton how's it going welcome to jay's talk it's doing well doing, doing good man doing good listen you know that saying that sometimes you have to hit rock bottom that game against miami on, I think it was Wednesday, right? Yeah. When Vladdy was the only hitter in the lineup that didn't get a hit. That, to me, my friend, is rock bottom. And I said to all the people that I talk baseball with that this is where Vladdy's going to take off from right here because he has to feel so down on himself seeing that I mean, listen, I know these guys, even though they probably don't say it, but they do check the box scores and stuff like that. And you see that zero, zero, zero behind your name, buddy. That is huge. So I'm telling you, show, this is where Vladdy's going to take off. And I know that there are going to be a lot of people saying, well, it's Oakland, it's Oakland. you know, but everybody beats up on these guys. But you have to start somewhere. And... Barker has been saying it all season long. The things that this guy does on the baseball field, like hitting-wise, it's not. It, it's almost impossible for you know for people to think that this guy, you know, he has had his best behind him. That it was a twenty twenty-one year, where people are saying that he might never get back to that, uh, you know, that kind of performance. That's crazy, man. This guy, this guy is just starting. He's just starting out. 
But so, circa that game, my friend, Wednesday against Miami, that was the turning point for Vladdy. I say Vladdy, Vladdy's going to start going yard like, you know, on a regular basis from here on in. Okay, Chris Clifton, I appreciate the call. Thank you for joining us on JSOC. I certainly hope you're right. Because Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I said it before, but this team, for better or for worse, goes as Vladdy goes. I think they they will also go as Bo goes and as George Springer goes and pro- like probably as Brandon Belt goes. And like you obviously you need you just need contributions from the entire batting order. Obviously, that's just that goes without saying. But when when your star player struggles and he's not living up to. I mean, his own expectations, much less fan expectations or media expectations. That just it just makes it it makes everything so much more difficult on everyone else. And kind of like Clifton was saying, I mean, it, I think you started to see a lot of the frustration leak into other aspects of Vladdy's game. I real I really think you saw that whether he wasn't running it out to first or whether he was like, slamming the bat on the ground. Often you'd see what what I I, think, I feel like we saw very often, especially down here at the ballpark, and you saw it a lot on the broadcast over this most recent road trip, Baltimore, Texas, Miami. But let's say he like grounds into a a, a double play, and he like jogs the first and. After the camera will linger on him, and he'll just rip off the gloves and the helmet and the shin guard and so on in disgust because the truth is he expects better from himself, right? And so I, I definitely hope that Clifton is right that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to start uh, turning or continue perhaps to turn things around. And uh, Ruben in Alberta, yeah, it's the A's, the team. This is on the text line, the team that split a four-game series with the mighty ultra-powerful Rays. Let's go ahead and not count all the home runs any players hit against them, I guess, because it's the A's. I, I, I detect some sarcasm, Ruben. But uh, I think uh, it, the point is t- well taken. Like you can, you're not gonna. It's like that. You know that joke about people make about like Patrick Mahomes, and it's like, well, if you take all of Patrick Mahomes' great starts, all his 300 yard passing games out, he'll have no 300 yard passing games, right? I mean, like you, you take all the, you, you take the, th- the 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 results from against good teams and bad teams the same because it all counts the same. But uh, I, I do think for me. Two games, and I think there are the underlying stats of, as I've been saying all along, you know, are, are are there. So I am looking forward to seeing what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. can continue to do as we get closer to the All Star break. I'm very excited to see what he has in the tank against the Giants on Tuesday. Certainly tomorrow to wrap up the series, but just looking ahead to other series: Giants, White Sox, Tigers. Like those are teams that you would think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will have a lot of chances um, against. Let's go back to the phones, 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell. Giacomo joining us from Windsor. Giacomo, what's on your mind? Welcome to J-Stock. How's it going, show? Great work. Great, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. What's on your mind? So, I don't see, I wonder you see what you think about my theory. I don't think it's rocket science, what I'm to come up with. Um, Two out of the three, I'm going to start on aircraft carriers that act like estimate the pass between Springer, Bichette, and Guerrero. Two of the three aren't going to act like that. I don't think we make the playoffs. What do you think? So, you, so you're saying like if if one of them or if two of them are cold, the Jays will make the playoffs. No, two of them, two of them got to be going. Two of the three got to got to be going for the Jays to make the playoffs. If the pitching stays the way it is, you know, Bassett kind of being a little bit inconsistent, but all in all, our pitching staff's been pretty good for the whole season. You know, here and there, guys, you know, go to a two or three game 
where they're not doing good. But all in all, if it wasn't for our pitching staff and Bichette, we, we wouldn't even be in a playoff spot right now. So if two of the three got to be going for the Jays to make the playoffs. What do you think? Okay, I, I got you, Giacomo. I appreciate the call. Thank you for joining me on Jays Talk. I, I mean, yeah, kind of. I don't disagree, right? I think that the Jays are going to be in a battle for a wild card spot basically for the rest of the season, like for the entirety of the season <laughs> until this point, because because the team, some teams you expect it to be just okay are very good, like the Orioles and Rangers, and like probably maybe maybe as good as the Blue Jays, a team that you did not expect also might be the Los Angeles Angels, which I said this before, but I think them being even just okay means that Shohei Otani is absolutely not getting traded. He still might sign with another team in the offseason because – some teams are going to back up a Brinks truck of like a billion dollars. But because all of these teams are better than you imagined and the wild card race is that much tighter, yeah, Giacomo is right. You are going to need the contributions from your top guys, Springer, Vladdy, Bo. I, I think like, if I'm picking one guy who they can afford to have be like mortal, let's call it, or even like you know below average if you want to go even further, it's probably Springer. I think they can afford to have him be – not as good if, 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 it's a huge if, if the defense is good. Because if the defense falls off at all or he gets injured or something like that, then the Blue Jays are going to be in a worse spot. But if, if the guys who are going are Bo and Vladdy, like I said, this team goes as they go. So I certainly hope that Clifton and Giacomo are sending some, some good vibes out into the universe for, uh, for, Vlad- for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, let's hear a little bit of, a little bit more sound. John Schneider Again, wrapping up his media availability a little while ago. I mentioned Victor Martinez, and Blair has been clamoring, again, for Victor Martinez to be around this ball club, a two-time silver slugger, a five-time all-star. Schneider was asked about Victor Victor Schneider, Victor Martinez. Let's hear what he had to say. I think more approach, more mental stuff. You know, Victor's, you know, he's kind of been through it all and has had kind of MVP um, caliber years. And it's just kind of, I think, you know, talking through it with Hudgy, with G, with Hunter and, and Vic, kind of just saying, hey, this is how teams are going to pitch you. And, you know, we've told Vlad, too, it's, you know, teams know where you are all the time in the lineup, and they're going to kind of game plan accordingly. So um, if it's not something you can do damage on, just pass the baton to the next guy, and hopefully that guy has the same thought process. But uh, Vic's been good for a lot of guys, and I think it's good to hear a different voice every now and then. I agree. John, I agree. Because, again, Victor Martinez is someone whose uh, voice I think a, a lot of these guys could use. I'm not saying they attuned the hitting coach out by any means, but I do think that having someone who has played in the not-too-distant past, who probably has some connections with a lot of these guys from, I mean, especially with guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's, whose dad probably overlapped with Victor Martinez quite a bit. So it's, it's definitely uh, good to hear that there is some impact being had from having uh, Victor Martinez around this crew, and especially around Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Because, again, a guy who is like second in American League MVP voting has got to know what he's talking about and has got to at least have something to impart to another guy who finished second in American League MVP voting in, uh, in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. we got a couple of minutes left here. Uh, before we go, I wanted to get to this last text here. This was from Adrian and Scarborough, and it was about Jordan Romano, who, who, who used just five pitches to dispose of Ryan Noda to end the game, gets his league-leading 23rd save of the year. And uh, I know he took the L yesterday. It was, it was a, no doubt about it. It was a cement mixture of a pitch that got hammered for a home run. I get it. 
But he looked great today. Uh, he's probably still available tomorrow, you would think, especially with the day off on Monday. He's one of the best closers in baseball. Like He sometimes is a bit of an adventure, but more saves than Emmanuel Classe, Alexis Diaz, Camillo Duvall. Uh, he's the Giants closer, Felix Bautista in Baltimore, and all of them have blown saves in, in inopportune moments. Like It's nice to see Romano come in and slam the door, and I was thinking about this in the last few days, so I'm glad Adrian and Scarborough texted this. Where does Romano rank all-time in Jays' closer history? I think that's a fascinating question because I, I got to think that Tom Hankey and Dwayne Ward are number one and two in some order, right? I would probably put Hankey number one, but I got to think they are etched in there as one and two but after them, like I was just trying to think of other guys since the championship era that have been like all-time great closers. So like Billy Koch or Casey Jansen had some pretty great years. Like he was probably better than I remember, but he was probably up there too. B.J. Ryan in between those, like I think he had a couple of injuries, but in between there he was pretty good for a couple of years. Uh, and, and I hear no disrespect to any of those guys, but I, I kind of wonder if maybe Jordan Romano isn't as far away as we think, he probably has to do it for a couple more years and stay consistent because, you know, we haven't seen it for that long compared to some of the other names on this list. But he's probably not that far away from being, let's say, the third best closer in the history of the Blue Jays after Hanky and Ward. I am curious what you guys think. I might discuss this with uh, Ben Nicholson-Smith tomorrow. But uh, thank you for being alongside me and listening uh, to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. Did you know that vehicles rust faster in warmer weather? Pardon me, now that summer has arrived, it's road trip season. Make sure your vehicle is protected from rust with Crown. Visit Crown.com for a special summer offer today. Crown, Canada's number one rust protection. Don't want to shortchange our sponsors, so we'll make sure we'll get that, just bang that out, get, get it correctly. Uh, for Ben Shulman, Ben Nicholson-Smith, Tom Young, Connor Lamont, Armin Zargarian, Nick Blackmore, I'm Show Ali. Thanks for being with me on Jays Talk this evening. A 7-3 to win for the Blue Jays over the Athletics. Tomorrow, one more game to wrap things up with Yusei Kikuchi on the mound. I'm back for more Jays Talk tomorrow. We'll talk to you later.